1: Welcome to the Thunder Buddies Podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell, here to recap the Thunder's 134-116 to loss to the Charlotte Hornets on Monday night at Paycom Center. Anytime you see the Hornets play, you know it's going to be fun if you like fast-paced basketball because the Hornets, Barry, are very fast-paced. Mark Dignall said before the game that they're a one-of-one to prepare for in the same vein of the Nuggets and the Warriors. The only difference is... Hornets still aren't a great team. They're, they're average. They're a game under 500, um, but they play at one of the fastest paces in the league. They lead the NBA in scoring, and tonight they weren't super fast-paced, but they still scored a ton. 134, um, they really got going from three. Um, the Thunder got out to a fast start, 41 points, a season-high 41 points in the first quarter, but the Hornets ended up Pulling away, but all in all, there were some intriguing things tonight. What, 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 what are some of the things that stood out to you, Barry?
0: Oh, a few things. One is um, the Thunder's defense was abysmal again. Now, as you said, Charlotte's one of the better offensive teams in the NBA. But they, uh, Charlotte had four guys who combined to make 18 of 26 from three-point range.
1: Um, On great efficiency. Just,
0: yeah, so uh, just, just incredible shooting by, uh, by Charlotte. Um, another big game for, uh, for Darius Baisley, back-to-back, high efficiency, high production games. SGA was his usual post-All-Star self. Um, and then the, I guess the other thing was a, a come-to-earth for Lindy Waters, who goes 0 of 6 from 3 um, after a a big night last night, but that's just going to happen. So, um, you know, Thunder is up 18 early in the second quarter and at the five, I think it was a 550 mark. They'd cut it to five. They took the lead by the end of the quarter. So, you know, Thunder, Thunder had a sort of a high ride there for a while, but then Things sort of uh, collapsed on them pretty good.
1: Yeah, Charlotte, just with the way they score, can just go on some huge runs. They're an interesting team because um, Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rogier, all average 19-point-something points per game. Gordon Hayward, who, who's out with an injury, he averages 16 points a game. So they just have a lot of guys who, who can score heck Isaiah, how about Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench for the Hornets, going four of four from three tonight, uh, all in one,
0: all, all in all, all in the second quarter.
1: Yeah, that was fu- so, that was fun.
0: Yeah, it it was. He's uh, of course he's uh, sort of a uh, a volatile player. Um, you know, you, it's how long has it been since he was that year? He was com- mentioned as an MVP with the Celtics. 15 or sixteen. Somewhere yeah, in there. that sounds right. But, um, but he at one point he was guarded by Poku, and he stood about he he, he about reached Poku top of his head reached Poku's ribcage, so that was a very interesting sight I thought to behold, yeah. but but no you know what I I like some of these these teams we don't see very often and, um, Charlotte is an entertaining team and with Hayward. You know, when Hayward was uh, was healthy, they were actually much better than they are in terms of, of uh, competitive in the East. They were sixth or seventh in the East most of the season. Yeah, I think they're down to tenth now. I think so. Yeah, yeah they're gonna you know they're, they're gonna make the playoffs, I think. But it's gonna be uphill to or they're gonna make the play in, but it's gonna be uphill to make the playoffs. So. Um, and it's not a and it's not a team, a franchise that has done much playoffing. I think twice in the last 11 years they've made the playoffs. So it's also uh, a making
1: It's also a team Barry that like LaMelo ball building block. if he if he takes one more step into superstardom, I really like their future. Miles Bridges. A really good player sometimes gets overshadowed by the other bridge is no relation in in Phoenix. Um, PJ Washington's a good player, but then you you know you have Rogier there, you have Gordon Hayward who has a you've got a ton of money tied up in him over the next few years. I'm just curious to see how this team builds going to, toward the future because the knock against Charlotte, um, in the last several years has been they always try to build to be sort of a back-end playoff team and really not a lot of foresight into what the next few years are go- going to look like. So I'm, I'm sort of intrigued by them.
0: Yeah, you don't see a – there's sort of a good test case for, for Sam Presti's uh, rebuilding model. You don't see an avenue for greatness for Charlotte, even if ball – Takes that next step you're talking about. I mean, is Charlotte. How can Charlotte become one of the f- five best teams in the East?
1: Yeah, especially with the East now.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that it's possible. Um, it's going to be hard to get free agents there. Even if they had the money, um, they're going to have to draft. You know, their 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 stars. They certainly drafted Ball. Um, yeah. Bridges came out of the draft. Um, Rozier came in the basically the sign and trade with for Kemba Walker, um, but you know they're going to be drafting what fifteen, sixteen.
1: Yeah, that's 12, that's, that's the that's, problem. That's, they brought in some of these veterans, and now they rushed a little bit to the middle, and, and now they're sort of stuck. Um, they still need they still need another piece. Um, what, one note about Charlotte just a behind-the-scenes type thing. They've got the loudest all-around production in the NBA. Eric Collins, their um, TV play-by-play man alongside Del Curry. Collins is, if you haven't heard him, just look up Charlotte Hornets highlights, listen to him. He goes absolutely crazy. It's entertaining. i He almost fell out of his chair three times tonight. I was just cracking up, sitting right behind him. Um, and I say all-around production because it's not just them. They have the loudest bench in the NBA, not the players, but the, really? the assistant coaches. They've got two assistant coaches really? who are just screaming their heads off all game. James Borrego doesn't make a ton of noise, but, man, his assistants are just going nuts. And mostly on the defensive end, and I, I think they should try just you know being quiet a little bit because Charlotte's a terrible <laughs> defensive team, so I don't think it's doing anything. So maybe just try not to not to yell as much. But anyway, uh, let's get back to the Thunder side of things. You mentioned Baisley. His two highest scoring games of the season all came in the last 24 or so hours. Uh, in this back-to-back, he had 29 last night against the Grizzlies. He had 25 tonight against the Hornets. Was 4 of 9 from 3, 10 of 18. Very um, the beginning of the season, nothing was working. Um, now he's developed into a really good defensive player. Now these last couple of games, his offensive has come around. Um, are, you, are you buying into this offensive version of Baisley, or do you think it's more of a product of they have eight guys out, someone's got to score?
0: I am uh, buying in, well, the offensive version of Baisley, uh, more than somebody's got to score. Um, he is playing better. His three-point percentage—I don't know—he's four of nine tonight. Does that get him above thirty percent? I'd have to look at it. I don't—I don't remember if it does. Let's see—he's—he's now seventy of two thirty-five. So that—I don't think that gets him above thirty percent. But he's knocking on the door of thirty percent. Um. He's a guy who I think, if he will, if he will. Stop taking so many threes. I like his offense a lot better. Uh, but I like that defense, man. You know, he started out, or I don't know if he started out, but he played with, uh, with the assignment of ball early in the game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ball was terrible in the first half, really out of sorts. Now, he got cranking on the three in the second half. But, uh, but I'm bullish on the Baisley defense. Uh, the rim protection and a guy who can guard out on the perimeter that's that's a quality ball player yeah, it, so
1: yeah it's not just the rim protection it's and we talk about usually when you talk about rim protection it's in um, the traditional sense of like a, a big center down there like a Rudy Bear swallowing everything up but you know basically basically you know can block shots at the rim but the way you, – you just don't see guys block jump shots all that often in the NBA. And he started to regularly do that. Um, and, and that's impressive just given that he can do that on the perimeter. We also talk about a lot – talk a lot about, oh, this guy can guard one through five. Well, usually not. And I'm not saying Baisley can always do it effectively. But the way Dignall uses him, he literally does guard one through five um, over the course of a few games. Like he – like you mentioned Ball. Um, he was playing against Bridges, who's a big wing. Um, he's guarded centers in the in the, in the past. He was guarding Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell in the same game against the Jazz the other night. So he's extremely versatile on that end.
0: Yeah. So I think he's got value to a lot of people. And, uh, could be the Thunder for all I know. I mean, um, but you know, a guy that can do that, especially if you will keep working on the shot you know we've talked about it i don't like him as a, a facilitator which we sort of been you know was was sort of the billing he had coming out of coming out of the internship but i think he's uh, uh i think he's going to be a a solid nba player for a while just because of that defensive versatility and he's you know got some offensive chops from time to time so yeah, I, one of the questions, you know, we got so many questions. Who's an NBA player, who's not on this team, I think I think Baisley has answered in the affirmative for yeah. the back half of this season.
1: Yeah, I feel like um defend and dunk should be his motto because he you know, he can score just on easy cuts to the rim. He had like four or five dunks tonight, so he can be effective in that way offensively. Um Okay, so let's play this game a little bit. Is he an NBA player? Because I fluctuate day-to-day with a lot of these Thunder players. Alexey Pokashevsky, I would say he's an NBA player in the first half. Uh, Wasn't much of an NBA player in the second half. I I actually thought the first half was some of the best basketball he's played. He was a facilitator, um, took good shots second half maybe don't want to read too much into it but he airballed three three pointers and just was was totally off i i've been harder than most on poku i've been less hopeful than just about anybody i feel like on on poku but you know we've just treated him with just such kid gloves at times if he makes one simple pass or simple play it's like oh did you see poku do that and like just the bar for him has been so low, but he really has turned it around these past few games. He's looking more like an NBA player. Do you uh is Poku an NBA player, Barry?
0: Um, I need to still withhold judgment. I'm more confident than I was yeah. two months ago. I did see something tonight that was troubling. He fell down again. Um I hadn't seen that in a month or two. Or maybe it's not that long. So it's been quite a few games since I've seen him fall down. You know, last year he was falling down the whole the whole dang game. Um, I tend to think he might be. Um, he's He seems more confident on his mid-range shots or his paint shots. He still does some dumb stuff. He had an eight-footer with Isaiah Thomas on him tonight, and he passed out to the wing. Isaiah Thomas is literally... What sixteen inches shorter than
1: yeah.
0: uh, Poku, and Isaiah Thomas really doesn't jump except shoot. He doesn't want to exert any energy that can be used to produce points. So, you know, shoot on the guys. He, you're so he does some things that still drive me nuts. But you know, he's not there yet. But I'm I'm reasonably confident that he might be an NBA player.
1: Yeah, he has taken. A pretty significant step, I think from last year last year it was just like the game was happening and then Poku was out there doing his own thing like doing crazy passes all of this stuff and it's like how is this guy either he's going to be a superstar who just can do whatever he wants or like there's no way he can fit into a team this year I think he's been you know more within the offense taking less risks that sort of takes some of the fun out of his game um but he's looked more like an NBA player. Now, it's still wildly inconsistent. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm starting to, to buy back in a little bit on Poku's long-term prospects. As an NBA player, he is finishing better. He's getting to the rim better. I think he's using his length um, better than he has. You, you remember last year, he would just never get inside, never get into the paint. It was all jump shots, basically, and, and mid-rangers. But he's... He's progressing on that end a little bit. Um, is Veet Kretchen an NBA player?
0: You know, I have no idea, but I'm starting to like the guy. <laughs> he does stuff when he's out there. I, I, I was watching tonight, and I don't know, and you'd have a better sense of this, what kind of a defender is he? Is he, is, is he a good defender? Is he a, a work in proge- progress? What's he doing defensively? I don't have a good sense of that. But I like his offense pretty pretty well.
1: Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah, Dagnall said after the game that defense is where he's got to get a lot better. So I, I take that to mean pretty poor defender. But some of it also has to do with, you know, he's coming off an ACL, year-long ACL rehab. Then he had a horrible ankle sprain. And he's just I, – I don't – I haven't seen him play, like, fully healthy. I think that his knee is still bothering him a little bit. He's even said that, so – He might just be moving a little slower because of that, and that certainly hurts him defensively. But tonight, he didn't have to move much offensively. I mean, he was just hitting spot-up threes, and I I sort of am still learning what kind of player he can be.
0: You know, he's 13 of 35 from deep this season,
1: and that's not a bad
0: player, a guy that can do that. now He's big. um, He's like 6'8". He is big. Yeah, he's, he's a long, tall kid, so... A kid. I wonder. I don't even know how old Vic Cretti is. Let's look. I, I got this right here. He's only 21 years old. Uh, so that's cool. Turns 22 in June, so he'll be at This is his year 21 season. So he's doing a nice job. Um, I think he's making the most of a of a opportunity that we didn't know would ever come.
1: No. And
0: you know, he didn't play the first half of the season. So. Um, you know, I don't know. He's he's one of those guys that that might end up might end up playing. Yeah. But I, I, I like I like what I've seen so far. Let's see, I I don't even know. it's my impression is his uh his turnover rate is not outrageous.
1: So You know, he's a point you know. guard in Spain. Was he really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, cool. No, he, he's certainly not gonna be a point guard here, but like he fits into the whole positionalist thing thing, a six eight guy who can dribble, pass, um, and shoot the ball. So I, I don't know if he's gonna be doing all those things. Maybe he'll turn into more of a specialist. Um, but I think that's what intrigued him is he's a six eight guard.
0: Six eight guard, that's right. And um if he keeps making shots like he made tonight, now I think he was four six, is that right, yeah. I think, from deep. Um so uh he's a little bit like Lindy Waters. If he keeps making shots, he'll keep getting put out there. Yeah. So um so I, I I like what I've seen out of Kretschke. I
1: uh I think we know if this guy's an NBA player, but I I suppose we should mention Shea because he had thirty two tonight eight rebounds, five assists, 12 of 20. It's just sort of ho-hum. I mean, this is this is just what he's been since the All-Star break, since coming back from that injury. He's been an absolute star on the offensive end, and one, he's been one of the best scorers in the NBA since the break. He's getting to the line um, an incredible amount. He's been efficient. There's just running out of the. I feel like I'm saying the same stuff about Shea night after night.
0: Well, the efficiency is what really has me excited. Um, You know, a lot of times guys can score when there's nobody else around to score, which describes this current Thunder roster. You know, no Dort, no Giddy, no Kendrick Williams, no Mike Muscala. You can argue that four of their five best players have not been playing. Yeah, they're missing eight
1: of their 17 players.
0: Well, and here's the deal. Uh, the other night, uh, what night would that have been? Uh, Wednesday night against the T-Wolves. He goes 2 of 15. Take that away. Take that away. Here's his here's his shooting since the uh, All-Star break. 13 of 22, 13 of 24, 12 of 16, 10 of 23, 14 of 21, 11 of 23, 11 of 18, 9 of 20, And then tonight was 11 of 17. uh, 12 of 20. No, 12 of 20. 12 of 20. That's outstanding.
1: All of those you read off are, I think, all but two he shot better than 50% from the field.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the two he didn't, he's in the the 400s. Yeah. So um, now his three-point shooting is still not fantastic, although it's not bad since the All-Star break. Uh, Since the All-Star, well, I got it, I think, right here through the magic of, uh, clicking, uh, since the all-star break, he's shooting 35% from deep, which is, uh, you know, good for him because he hadn't been shooting well this, this, this season. But the key is he's not shooting as much from three. He's not shot more than five trays, um, in this, uh, in this post all-star break situation. Before that he had, uh, He, 21 times in ever how many games he's played, 52 games, uh, he's uh, he's shot at more than five three-pointers. So he's whittled down the three-pointers, which is what needed to happen. And he's going to the basket more, and he's fantastic around the basket. He's just superb. So um, all the talk about Baisley or or Kretschke or uh, Wiggins or Poku or any of the development of these other guys, all that is sort of just details compared to what Shea Gilgis-Alexander is doing. Yeah. Um, And, and, you know, he hadn't played as well. The truth of the matter is, before the All-Star break, he hadn't played as well. Since the All-Star break, he looks like uh, the new and improved SGA that the Thunder hoped for here in year three in Oklahoma City, year four in the
1: NBA. Are you worried at all that that version has emerged with all but one game without Josh Giddey?
0: Not worried. I'm curious.
1: Yeah, worried um, is the wrong word. I, I I guess is it a coincidence or is there something to it?
0: I don't know. It's a great question. I don't know. Um, I. You know, I guess if I really wanted to study it, maybe I'll maybe I'll do that tomorrow morning. Go look at the games in which Giddy missed before this, and how did SGA play in those games? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think they can whatever. If there is, if it is not a coincidence, and there is some effect of Giddy, a Giddy's uh, presence. Negatively affecting SGA, I think it's something they can work out. Yeah. Um, you know, because here's the deal, um, this this SGA is uh, a fantastic version of SGA, and you know the idea right before the All Star break, before uh, you know SGA gets that. Uh, you know, he had that that sprained ankle, and then Giddy gets hurt. But Mark Dagnault tells us, you know, that you're going to see Giddy on the ball more often. Um, well, if it's this SGA, the answer might be you're not going to see Giddy on the ball more often. If this is the SGA we're looking at, so you know, you can make Giddy's a phenomenal passer. You can, you can make good passes even if you're not the point guard or have the ball all the time. So, um, I think this SGA has to make the Thunder reassess exactly how they how they want to use those guys together.
1: Yeah. I, I, I thought it was funny how you said, like, when we're talking about Kratchi or Poku or Olivier Saar or Lindy Waters, like, you know, it really is it, – It's. It, it's cool to talk about and it's fun to watch guys develop and fun to guess on you know, who's, who's going to make it in the league, who's, who's going to be here. But it really does just – it's so much simpler than that. It's like how good does SGA become? How good does Giddy become? Who does the Thunder? where do they draft in this upcoming draft? Like it's it, – it really – there are fewer factors than all, all of these we're talking about. Like whatever Kregi did tonight just might not mean anything in the, in the grand scheme of things when you think about it.
0: Yeah, most of those guys we were talking about, what we really mean is, can they be the 10th man?
1: Yeah, and it gives us something Thunder's to talk about again. tonight, you know, as we're as we're talking about this Thunder Hornets game. But, um, Barry, just to, to wrap up, Shea, he threw an alley hoop to Baisley tonight. Shea jumps up basically as the ball's in midair, looks like he's having a good time, and, you know, for, for all the people worried, oh, like, how is Shay going to feel about the rebuild? Or they've got to start building around Shea or he's going to be unhappy. Um, I, I don't know Shea personally. I don't know how he feels personally. But but just from an outward perspective, that certainly hasn't been the case. And I think that worry has sort of been overblown. He talked about tonight how much fun he's having. Well, you know, whatever. But how, how do you... How do you see it? Do you think it's a concern? I mean, I look today; they've lost ten straight home games. They have one home win in the year 2022, which is which is kind of crazy. And just a strange note: they're one in ten at home against Eastern Conference teams. So the losses have certainly piled up. A lot of it has coincided with the injuries, but the whole morale question. How do you see that?
0: Yeah, I, you know, it actually was a little bit of a concern to me when we. Uh, when we went through the first, I don't know, half of the F- Thunder season. But in the last, I don't know, month or two, and specifically since the All-Star break, I've not seen much frustration out of SGA. Of course, he's playing a lot better. That's yeah. part of it. But I think uh, I think he's sort of come to the acceptance part of this is where he's at and this is what it is. Um you know, I think the I think the Laker situation probably and maybe the Nets also, maybe he's sort of sobered everybody up and said, Hey, you know what, this is you know, even the teams that are considered the you know, the uh, the loaded superstar teams, even they struggle. You know, I I think maybe some guys in the league have said, Let's just have fun and play basketball. And I think SGA's that way here the last 10 or 12 games.
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, and of course, I'm just speculating. I don't know either. But I do, I have noticed in the last ever how long a different countenance on the court. Yeah. I thought there was some frustration early in the year. He was clanging so many, you know, threes off the rim. Yeah,
1: taking hard shots.
0: Yeah, lots of, you know, excessive three-pointers, that kind. He's not doing that much. He's, he seems to just want to live around the basket or, or, or driving to the basket. So uh, it's it's a better Gilgis Alexander. Um, he's responded very well to the to the uh, leadership mantle. It seems to me with Giddy and Dort and, and Muscala and Kenrich all out, it seems like you know he sort of said, you know what, they need me more than ever. I'm gonna yeah. I'm going to keep my head up. So I'm, I'm encouraged by just about everything about Shea Gilgis Alexander in this, in this, uh, down the stretch of the season.
1: Yeah. This will be totally outdated by the time anyone is listening, but you mentioned the Lakers. So I have to mention that, um, they're currently down at home, 85 to 57 to the Toronto Raptors.
0: It's possible. They won't win that game.
1: <laughs> it certainly, it certainly is possible. Oh goodness. Um, We'll uh, we'll save more Lakers analysis for another day. But thank you all so much for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. And we'll talk to you next time.